It was probably the greatest debut for a country in the history of Eurovision. It was not surprising that it happened in 94, since there were seven countries competing for the first time. We were impressed when Hungary scored the first three 12 points in a row, but in the end it was another girl who stood as the queen of newcomers in second place. You are listening to Eurovision Legends. I am Emil Lövström. Let the show begin. Welcome to the podcast, Eurovision Legends, Edita Gorniak. Hi, everybody. How are you? <laughs> I hope we all are wonderful. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. You caught me in the middle of the recording session. I hope you can hear me well because we are underground. So I hope we can hear each other really well. I want to send my love. Before we start, I just want to send my whole love to Sweden. This is uh, really a privilege to speak to you. Thank you. I wonder, do you remember when you first heard about Eurovision Song Contest? Um, I think it must have been when I was um, like a little girl. Yeah. I heard about it. I watched it. I think I actually remember like my mom used to say that the huge band called ABBA had a like performance there and they just conquered the world. And um, I've watched it. I remember that I watched all the countries were voting the, the contest between the songs and and the contest between the artists from that were like the best of each territory of Europe. And I remember that each country was voting. It was going forever. It was really late at night, I remember. But it was just something I, not that I was dreaming of, but because it was just too far away from my dream as a little girl. But yeah. something that I would admire in our different type of voices and just different cultures, different uh, languages. Because at that time, each country had to sing in their own national language. So it was really interesting for me to watch. But I would never, never thought for a second that I would go anywhere in the world to represent my country. That was just completely out of the space. Before we talk about your participation, can you give us a glimpse of what it was like for you to grow up in Poland? Well, I grew up in a very small town. It, I had a really simple life. My parents, unfortunately, split it up when I was a little girl. So my life has changed back then when I was about five or six. And growing up was just, um, I don't really remember like needing anything in my life back then except my father because he was the one who brought music into my life yeah. um, he was a musician and I remember since I was a little girl that on every Saturday or Sunday he would just um, you know bring like guitar or the piano because he was able to perform on different instruments he would just bring it up and he would just start to jam and we would have like jam sessions so as soon as I heard music live I literally had like butterflies in my stomach my father was in music and he brought the music into my life so when my parents split up that was the thing that I was missing so much you know yeah other than that um my life was very simple I then grew up in a very strict um uh, type of raising uh, my mom got married again we married so I had a stepfather it was just different life 
from that moment and I've always missed my father but every time I would touch music he was kind of closer to me if that makes sense yes so um in other words you know growing up in Poland was not just that I would think of the country as a weird country I actually appreciate so much that I wasn't raised the way some of the people I know were raised they were able to have everything they dreamed of I actually had to really fight for my dreams and that made me stronger because I had to search for a lot of stuff and by digging I actually was able to develop as a human being as an artist as a woman so the fact that I was growing in a very simple life wanted to reach out for something that was much greater I became because of that I became much more spiritual than I would have been probably if I was raised and you know everything surrounded everything I've always would want and by saying that I want to say and send a message to everybody who will be listening to this no matter where you come from no matter what happened in your childhood you can always become whoever you want to reach out for you just have to work for it and that's it and dreams actually do come true 1994 was the first time Poland took part in Eurovision Song Contest. And in retrospect, who could done a better job to represent the country than you? I want to hear, <laughs> do you remember how you got the privilege to represent your country? I do. <laughs> it was, well, that was the day that changed my life for sure. One day, it was like early afternoon and I got a phone call and somebody from Polish television introduced himself and he said my name is and I don't actually remember who that was um, would you like to represent our country and Eurovision Song Contest and I thought it's it's a joke so I just put the telephone down <laughs> so then the, the, the phone rang again and I picked it up again and somebody said the same and he said I think something went wrong on the line I'm sorry maybe my phone wasn't having good connections so can I say it again Would you like to represent our country in international festival? So I said, I, I, is that a joke? Because <laughs> <laughs> at first I'm actually really thought it's a joke. Like somebody maybe from the radio stations is doing a joke. So I just really literally put the telephone down. And when he said it again, it just, it was like a stroke. You know, I actually didn't know what's happening. I was like, are you serious? Is that, a, what kind of joke is that? And he said like, no, no, no. Why don't you come over to TV tomorrow? We're going to have a meeting and we're going to talk about it if you want to do it. And I said, what would you think of me? Like, I'm so young. I was like so young back then. And they said, well, we thought of you because when you perform live on Eurovision Song Contest, you have a full orchestra behind you, you have a conductor and we don't actually know anybody who would be who would have so much knowledge performing and because I've done a Broadway since like I was a young girl they thought I will not be just scared of it so much so that was their first answer and then I went for the meeting and I was like terrified I really didn't know what's going to happen and I I was more like listening than asking any kind of questions and then on the end of that meeting I said okay well I'll do my best. If you want to trust me, great. But I need to love the song. So they said, yeah, we go, we're going to organize a song for you. Don't worry. I'm like, okay, well, call me when you have it. And they found the song and I didn't like it. You didn't? I didn't. And the first song that it was um, organized or kind of written by people who were working for Polish television, I actually didn't like it. They chose the best people from the country, but I still didn't feel the song. And I've tried to convince myself to feel it, but you can't force your heart. Love for the music is the same like love for human being. 
Yeah. You can't really force it. So I didn't want to upset television. So I said, okay, I'm going to work on it. But in the meantime, at the same time, I actually searched for the type of song that I would want to sing. And I have found it with my ex-manager, um, Victor, who helped me to uh, find that song. And we found the song and I started to work on it. So I was, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. I actually lied to Polish television. <laughs> <laughs> Telling, I just told them that I'm going to work on that song that they gave me. But in the meantime, I actually worked on another song. Yeah. And I went in secret to different writers who were creating a lyrics for me and then I was kind of waiting for that day when they will come over to listen to my performance how is it going to be because the you know they had to prepare all the video and stuff so I had to lie to everybody and I have to say that I kind of did a trick maybe it wasn't good of me but I just always fight for music that I love and I I'm not somebody who can just buy convinced or just tell what to do and what to sing if I feel it if I love it then I give my heart into it so what I did when the television came over for the meeting and they said why don't you perform for us you know what you've been working on how does it sound we are very excited we are very excited <laughs> and I'm like okay um so before I'm going to sing your song, I'm going to sing you another song just for you to, to hear. And then I sang that song and I had like, you know, my heart was like, I'm, I thought I'm going to die because I lied to national television. They trusted me by offering me this uh, opportunity and I just tricked everybody. Yeah. Thank God they loved this song. Unfortunately, the writers who wrote the original song were really unhappy, obviously, but Everybody on the end agreed that the song that I felt for was so much better. I was, I have to say, when I'm thinking about it now, I must have been really, really brave to stand up for something I really, I, I really felt for. Yeah. And so on the end of the day, I sang the song I, I wanted to sing and I had to lie, but I just <laughs> fight it for the best, you know? Can you reveal here what happened to the other song? I think it just caused, uh, got lost somewhere. It wasn't, uh, I don't think it was given to anybody else. It was just specific written for that performance. And it wasn't that it was a bad song. I just didn't have enough feeling for it. And that second song that I have found with my ex-manager was just so much better for many reasons. And it just became a national kind of anthem because people loved it so much. And yeah. also around the world. And I, I was so surprised and so touched and i am still till today that people really remember that performance it's shocking and it's a blessing the competition in 94 was held in ireland like a tradition during that decade yes. what are your memories from dublin dublin was very windy uh yeah. it was very cold and i got a flu and oh. my throat was in a lot of pain and I, it was it was hard to breathe and i was very terrified also probably because of the amount of stress and the pressure mm -hmm. because I you know every day every minute of the day everyone was reminding me 
that I'm representing my whole country. And because it was the first time in the history, the pressure was huge. Um, not only that I'm ambitious myself, but I just wanted to do my like all my best. And I thought if I will fail, that will just destroy my whole possible career at the beginning of it. Yeah. So it was a huge responsibility. And, and I just told myself I can only do the best as I can. I can be as honest as I can with music. But of course, I can't be anybody better than who I am. I didn't know if it was good enough, if, if I was enough. So it was a huge pressure, plus the, um, the cold weather. But the atmosphere everywhere between the country was amazing. And it was just so much love. No competition at all. I didn't feel any kind of competition. I felt so much love. And uh, I remember people in Dublin, the producers were taking care of everybody. Everything was equal. We had a lot of moments where we could be together dancing and, you know, eating together, talking together. And it was just very magical time, except that, you know, stress before the performance. Did you form any special bonds with the other debuting countries or with any from the other delegations? I did. I don't remember exactly, but I think... Um, Most of the countries were very, um, very kind performers, but there were a few specific ones. And unfortunately, I don't remember, but I remember that I, the, the competition between the songs were so good. Yeah. Most of the songs that time at my year were so good that I was like thinking, oh my gosh, this is just impossible <laughs> for me to get anywhere by, you know, top 10. It's, it was just impossible. In a good way, I was kind of jealous of a lot of songs. Not jealous, jealous, but I was like thinking, oh my gosh, I wish that song, I had that song. I wish I had that on my album. So there was a lot of great music. And I remember that, um, I, I don't remember the rep the person who was representing uh, Sweden at that time, but I remember somebody gave me this to taste this uh, pickles from Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> The singers from, from Sweden was called Marie Bergman and Roger Pontare. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. Can you please send them my love? Absolutely. I talked please to I talked to, to Roger Pontare for, for uh, some months ago. Oh, my gosh. Please send my love to them. I promise. Uh, did you have any favorite? I them? think at that time I very much liked Franz. I remember that song. It was... Uh, Je suis jamais garçon. I actually remember that uh, melody. Je suis jamais garçon. Je suis un vrai garçon. Je suis celle qui danse sur scène. She was like really cool, kind of poppy artist. And um, I remember that I was like, oh my gosh, that's. I remember Russia's song was amazing. And I think Russia was just before me. Yes. She was amazing as well. But most of the songs I actually liked. It was just so beautiful time. Very magical. Except the fact of stress and responsibility. This whole time was one of the best time of my life. And I thought when I was going on that stage that if I'm not going to die this time, <laughs> then no other performance could ever scare me that much again. But of course, just uh, like half an hour before the show, I actually remember that I had like panic attack 
Yeah. And I hidden in I, I just hide myself in a bathroom and I I just said to my ex manager that I'm not just I'm just not going out. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember he was like trying to it's like he was he thought I'm kidding. I wasn't, but he thought I, I'm kidding. So he was like knocking the door and it's like Adita, it's a time that you come out. Please, please come out. I'm like, I'm just not going. Okay, leave me alone. So I was really panicking. I was trying to calm myself down, but it was just so much fear. And uh, so we had a little battle that he was like, please, Adita. And then he was shouting at me. And eventually, of course, I've opened the door. I understood the responsibility. But that moment when this gentleman took me off backstage, where at the backstage, we had a few people like makeup artists and some technical per- uh, people and the person who gave me my microphone. It was just a few people and I felt surrounded by warmth and, and, and support. And then that one moment, this gentleman grabbed my hand and he looked at me into my eyes and he said, it's time to go on a stage. And it was the longest walk ever <laughs> from backstage to that microphone. The, the stage was huge, by the way. Just It was just overwhelming, you know. And I remember that walk was the longest ever. He gave me the microphone and said, good luck. And he had left me and I stayed alone on that huge stage. And it was just really, really frightening, you know. Yeah. I actually talked to Nina Morato from France last week and she told me that because she was the last entry, you were the entry before her. And she told me that she was so nervous because she was the last entry. And I really understand what you say that she was so cool because when I talked to her last week, she was still that cool. I can tell you. Oh, really? Oh my (laughs) gosh. Isn't it amazing? I would love to see those people once again. Oh my gosh, we would have so much to talk about. Yeah, it's probably impossible, but I would want to know how all these artists are doing today. You sang your song in English on the rehearsals. Was I this did. something you did to show the jury what the song was about, or was this part of some elaborated master plan? Ah, interesting question. <laughs> well, it wasn't a master plan, but what we did, because I was sick, English language to to perform is probably the easiest from all the languages to perform in. And because my throat was so sore, mm-hmm. that very last general rehearsal when I was afraid that if I will sing with my full voice, I will just lose it and then I won't be able to perform. Um, I had antibiotics and some like injections, I remember, and I had a doctor backstage and everything. And my manager said to me, look, I'm just not going to be able to perform this song two times a day. So we have to choose. Do you want me to perform now with a full voice or do you want me to perform full on the live performance? Because I don't think I can perform two times fully. There was the risk that I will lose my voice. And he said, look, why don't you just perform a bit of that song in English because we've had that version uh, recorded earlier because the plan was that we're going to have two uh, versions of that song. I remember that I was thinking, okay, well, I can't mix up my, you know, two different languages. I would just make a mistake. And he said, don't worry about mistake. It's not about performing it. You know, it's not, nobody's going to judge you. It's just to, to be able to perform and go through the song because they need to record and check the sound and the strength of your voice for the sound check. But of course, you can try to protect your voice by singing in English a bit of it. So that's what I did. So it was his advice. 
I don't remember which part I sang in English, but some of it I sang in English and not to show that I have the song in English, but just to save my voice because Polish language is much different uh, than English to perform in it. So I just wanted to save my voice to be able to perform my best. And I remember there was a, some countries were upset about it and somebody even didn't give me the point. I don't remember if it was maybe Germany that didn't give me any points or somebody. I don't remember exactly which country, but it was like a, a gossip that maybe... I'll be just dis disqualified. All the moments that you wake up in my arms This is once in a lifetime Maybe this is my moment Loving you is so easy for me You're the best thing that's happened to me This is once in a The Swedish commentator Pekka Heino said after your performance for us Swedes, and now I quote, that dress will be beautiful when it's done. So now we're all in Sweden <laughs> wonder, Edita, is it done yet? <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, so the dress that I had was very simple. <laughs> and it was very beautiful done if the camera was closer you would be able to see but of course it was just a lot of things to show for the cameras and you couldn't see the details and it was uh, beautifully done it, we bought it in Hong Kong and it was done by this Hong Kong designer it was very expensive but of course on television in the cameras a lot of things details look differently so in a mirror you could have seen it but on a camera, you, you couldn't. So it looked like it was just something like I wouldn't care about. But actually, the dress and the fabric itself was very expensive. And I used to have that till the last maybe five years ago. I used to know where that dress is. And now I don't. And I don't know where I put it. I'd probably find it one day. But I wish I could see that dress now and take a photo of it or just send it to, I don't know, some charity or something. Because I definitely wouldn't be able to fit it now but um so it was the comment was sweet i actually didn't know that he said that <laughs> i hope this information will reach pekka heino <laughs> well i'm sending my love to you <laughs> if you'll listen to that interview but yeah the song the, so the dress was finished um sorry to disappoint <laughs> but actually i have to say that in poland actually we had a little bit similar uh, comment by this um, I think it was a politician or somebody that he said that I sang quite okay but he didn't like the night dress that I was wearing and it wasn't <laughs> a night dress it was just this simple dress and I don't want to, I didn't want to compete with anybody because I would have better dress I didn't yeah. want to expose myself as a woman or as a girl I wanted to be very simple and I wanted people to concentrate on the emotions and then the honesty with the song. And that probably worked. Um, but of course, some people maybe could have thought that, oh, she didn't dress up enough. She didn't have any jewelry. She wasn't shiny. She didn't have any diamonds on her hands. But I, in my heart, I'm a very simple person, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I wonder here because you came second. Very well Thank done. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't it weird? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's absolutely not weird because you were fantastic and fabulous on stage. The song Thank was you. perfect. You sang perfect. I didn't even knew that you were sick. I wonder here, did you feel like a superstar when you left Dublin and went back to Poland? I mean, did the press meet you at the airport? They did, but I didn't go back straight to Poland. I actually went back. We we were driving to uh, London uh, with my ex-manager and and his girlfriend. And then I stayed there for like another five or something days. And then I flew back to Poland. And I remember a lot of people on the airport and applauding. And it's very touching even when you ask about it. I have to say, I actually have to say... Um, you took me back there now and I feel like um, I have tears in my eyes but um, it was very touching I wasn't really understanding what happened before I landed back to Poland I obviously it was a huge thing backstage I remember when I went back from the stage when I finished my performance and I went to green room I got a standing ovation and I actually didn't even remember that my friends reminded me that my my, my ex-manager the writers reminded me that did you see that sending ovation? I was like, what? Uh, when? <laughs> you didn't see it? I was really shocked, overstressed, and just everything that I had to face. And when we were sitting in the, uh, at the time when countries were voting, I actually, I was there, but I wasn't in a way. Yeah. Uh, my throat was in a lot of pain, and I was on the medicine and everything. So when I heard that I came second, it was like, what the hell? How did that happen? <laughs> Someone <laughs> must have made a mistake. So, of course, it was a big thing. But only when I went back to Poland, by the respect and the love from uh, journalists, from my audience, from just everybody, whole country, the respect and the love they have showed me, and they've been showing this to me till today, I have to say, it's just one of the, the most incredible, unexpected blessings I've experienced in my life so the Eurovision Song Contest actually have changed my life I remember the next day I woke up after that night you mean after you came second yeah yeah the 24 hours of my life in Dublin the night when I was performing and the day after were like very very special so the night before I remember I couldn't sleep well obviously I had a lot of uh, letters from my fans that I um, that I got on the airport when I was going to to Dublin, and I slept with them. They were in my bed, literally. I was reading them, and I was crying, and I was thinking, "Gosh, I can only hope to give all that love back to you guys through that music and through that performance." But of course, a lot of it it's in the hands of God. So I remember I was sleeping with those letters, and as I was leaving the room uh, for the last performance. Uh, for the last rehearsal I was thinking I remember that actually I actually never said that to anybody as I'm thinking it now as I was closing the door to my hotel room I was thinking I wonder who's going to come back to that room tonight yeah um, because I knew that whatever's going to happen and I actually was ready more for a failure than uh, winning anything I just knew that something huge is going to is about to happen I, I just wasn't sure what is going to happened that night so I knew that whoever's going to come back to that room on the end of the night is going to be somebody different and that's exactly what happened I came back I sat on my bed and I looked at the letters and I was speechless I couldn't sleep and the next 
morning, I remember I washed my hands and I saw something really, really, really shiny in the mirror. And I'm like, what's that glitter? What is that glitter? <laughs> and I came closer to the mirror. And guess what? That was my first gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? A really, just one, a long, beautiful silver hair. <laughs> that was the shiny beautiful hair after that performance so I realized that morning that okay whatever I'm gonna do in my life is gonna be costing me something <laughs> so that's the story I didn't tell anybody yet <laughs> I know you are one of Poland's biggest and most beloved artists and Thank have sold you. millions of records I want to ask here what impact do you think Eurovision had on your career well It definitely have showed me from the very beginning that I have this strength of coping with the biggest fears, with the biggest pressures, and with a huge responsibility. So it was important to test myself before I started to go on that road for a long time. As you, as you know, I'm still going on. <laughs> um, I understood from the very early age in my life that it's not only about music and it's not only about being spiritual and it's not only about falling in love with the song, but it's also about being fair to the audience and fair to that music and fight for what you believe in. And that's what happened with the television when I had to trick them and take another song. Yeah. And so that was one thing. And, it, and as well, just to see that I, I thought I'm going to die, I thought I'm going to faint and I didn't. <laughs> it just showed me that I'm stronger than I thought I was that I'm braver than I thought I was and that gave me the courage and confidence to go on and fight for what I believed in and that's why I stayed honest with my music and even though I've been singing professionally for 30 years I have done only like seven albums because I only want to sing the song I love I was honored that I was trusted so much and I was feeling blessed and I'm still feeling blessed till today and the fact that we are talking about it after so many years it just makes me it's just something my heart because you know we all live in a very crazy speed of living and the fact that some things stayed in people in their hearts in the memories and something that I was part of it's yeah. just the most incredible the most incredible thing to me and thank you so much for that In 2016, you took part in the national pre-selection for Eurovision with the song Grateful. And, oh, I, yes. and I think we shall listen to it now. I have tasted bitter tears, tripped and fell up on this road. But facing my fears made me stronger, life has shown. Learning from my mistakes. Discover that life gives more than it takes. Knowing that there is something around me that is bigger and wider than I could ever imagine. I'm so so long <laughs> well I actually was 
I was asked so many times by Polish television, by my fans, to go back to Eurovision Song Contest. And of course, since since the very beginning, when I was chosen by television, the, all the audition kind of um, way of going to um, to Eurovision just have changed. And I thought it was, I knew it was different. And I spoke to television before deciding to go on Eurovision again. And they said to me, you know, if we knew that you were ready, we wouldn't do this competition. But now you have to be part of the competition. Do you want to do it? And I said, well, yeah, I have a beautiful song. Maybe I should try. So yeah. I did try. And there's a bit, bit of gossip behind it. So I don't want to go into that. But I'm glad I did it because people love that song very much. And I'm grateful. And the song actually, um, especially because of the situation that is being happening around the world now, the, the meaning of the song is, became even stronger. Yeah. But I'm glad I didn't go because I think... There are sometimes in life there are so high, kind of incredible, magical moment in your life that you shouldn't try to go back there. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like something yeah. you can't really repeat. And I know as much as I would want to go back and see the people again, I don't know if I would be able to reach people the same way. I mean, reach their hearts. I wanted to say hi to everybody because every year when somebody's going from Poland, they always go back and they say, you know, so many journalists have asked, are you going to come back? So many fans are still remembering your performance and they're asking, will Edita ever go back? And because of that, I wanted to do that. And I knew I had to go through different kind of rules and it just didn't work. But on the end of the day, I do miss Europe very much, but I'm glad Europe still remembers me. That's very touching. You know, because I was second, it was very, very, it would have been very risky to go back to the same position. And the only thing I could have done is to win. And that's almost impossible, right? So <laughs> once the miracle happened to you, you should just be grateful and don't try to climb it. I think the experience that I've had was strong enough for me, for my life. And it gave me a great lesson. And um, a great memory and I don't think I should do it again so I did try because I was pushed not pushed in a good way by people but my audience by the journalists from all over the uh, you know from whole Europe and I wanted to do for them I wanted to go back to say hi I'm back how are you how are you been? <laughs> you know yeah I was thinking more of that than of actually performance and the responsibility I would take again although the song I love and I still perform that song Yeah, and I love it too. So I'm glad that you took part in the natural pre-selection. Uh, I want to hear, in 2018, you released the song Andromeda. And rumors over the internet claimed that it was written for Eurovision. And I wonder here, true or false? False. <laughs> well, the song was written by um, a great artist in Poland. And I wanted to have opportunity to work with them because they're very creative. And we kind of sat down in the studio together and we were listening to different songs. And they wrote a few songs. And that one was the one that I felt, okay, that's great. That's written for me. I very much like the kind of electropop music and I know people love when I perform the 
you know, ballads and touching, honest songs. But as well, I'm very, I like the up-tempo tracks very much. So mm-hmm. I'm glad when I do, people follow to this. But if I would ever go back, if I would think of going back with this kind of track, I actually didn't know that people were gossiping, uh, gossiping about it, that I, that song was considered as a, as a song going for Eurovision. I, I didn't know about that. Interesting. Mm. Last year, you released an English song called My Way, and this is a smash hit. Thank you so much. I didn't know that you know that song. <laughs> yes, I did. And but but also a song called Kroll. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, and this one together with the singer and DJ Grome, who we remember from Eurovision in 2018 with the song Light Me Up. Tell me about those songs. Well, um, I have to say that we were actually joking the other day when we were driving with Grammy and we were joking like, what if we actually, you know, go back to Eurovision Song Contest together? Yeah. Because he was there and I was there. And uh, if we would have put a song together, it would just be so much fun. And I said to him, look, yes and no. Yes, because it would be fun to go back to Eurovision, as I said. But as well, it would be so much pressure. And of course, it would be great for media to talk about, for our fans to be happy and excited about. It would be something that hasn't been done before, I think, that two artists who were performing at different times on Eurovision Song Contest, they would just they would become together and, and, and they would just bring a new song together. And we joked about it and maybe one day we should do that. So who knows? You never know. <laughs> you never know. But if we, we both agreed that, you know, Grammy said to me, Yes, it would be so much fun, but we would have to. Well, you would have to, he said to me. You would have to relax about the pressure. Yeah. You would just have to do it just because you want to have a joy. So the question is, can I relax my mind? <laughs> <laughs> can I just have, can I try to just have a fun of it? Can I treat it less seriously? I don't know. But um, so that's possible in the future that we will one day, maybe we'll come back together. That would be something Some, something that I know people would be very excited about. So that song that we did together was a huge uh, single in Poland. I, was, I wasn't expecting that, that it was, again, once again, loved by people so much. I released the song um, My Way, which was part of the show that I did in television. I did a, like a reality show, you know, hard to believe, but one of, I'm probably one of the very, very small percentage of people around the world that didn't have a driving lesson most of their lives. So when I spoke to television the other day last year and they said, we want to do a reality show. Do you want to do a reality show? I said, yeah, we can try. 
is there anything you would want to like you know achieve and I said well I don't have a driving license do you want to watch me learning <laughs> and they said that's gonna be fun drive so we did we did that show and the song was released on that the show and people really liked my way I also like the song so thank you that you like that song I want you my, my, my way Do you have a driver license now? Yes, I finally have it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any. Oh, you don't? No. <laughs> well, I have to say I don't recommend because... <laughs> Please tell my boyfriend that. Please. I will. It's so much work that you need to do. Believe me or not, driving is a huge responsibility and it's not so much fun. It's fun yeah. when you don't have any cars around, but when you have to actually go from one city to another city, it's just so much to remember, so much to, to think of. And I love being in a car and listening to radios. And because I can't, because it's just too much to think about, I can't drive. So I prefer to sit on the right side and somebody's yeah. driving and I'm being driven and I can listen to the music and enjoy the time with music in a car. If I'm driving, it's like, Everybody has to be quiet because I need to concentrate. <laughs> I totally agree. So you don't have to do it. Yeah. I'm telling you, I don't recommend that. I always ask my guests who they suggest I shall invite to my podcast from the Eurovision stage. Who do you suggest? Hmm. Well, why don't you try to, to talk to the, the girl who was representing Russia? at the time when I was performing. So, and ask her, why did she copy my hairstyle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> she did. <laughs> yeah. Her hair was different at the rehearsal, the general rehearsal. Yeah. And mine, I think, was more or less done or something. I don't remember exactly what happened and how that happened. But of course, we were all backstage and I had that hair done by my makeup and hairstylist and And then I saw her and she had the same style and she was the only one who had the same style. So I was like, what? Why did she copy my hair? But other than that, when you talk to her, say hi for me. Yes, I promise. I will hunt you deep from Russia. I promise. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dita. This was a privilege to speak Thank to you. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. You took me back then. And I have to say now I have to go back to recording my new album. And it's like, what? No. Let me just stay there in 94 and try to bring all the great memories back to my heart. But thank you so much for remembering that moment of my life. And I'm so honored that it just this moment of my life became important moment to a lot of people's life. That's the most incredible, magical things that we can experience in life that we go through life and we do sometimes things that become so important to people, not just to us. And that's that's what the music does and I just want to say thank you so much and once again I want to send all my love to Sweden to gay community to whole world whoever is going to be listening the all the interviews from the artists that were 
in love and they are in love with the Eurovision Song Contest, all the fans of Eurovision Song Contest, I just want to send my love to everybody. Please stay strong. Please stay positive. Listen to great music. Watch the comedies. Don't worry about what's happening around the world because remember, you can always create a really small world for yourself and by surrounding yourself by friends and by people you love and you want to support. And that way you have a different world on this whole big crazy world. Wonderful to hear, Dita. We love you. Thank you so much. I love you straight back. And also thanks to you, all listeners out there. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, consider subscribing to Eurovision Legends on any of the podcast platforms, spreading the word to your friends and perhaps writing a review. You can contact me with suggestions, questions or opinions, emailing me at emil.slagevannerna.se or through our social media. And thank you so much, Emil, for like reaching out. And, you know, I'm glad that you made it happen. I'm glad that we eventually were able to speak. And if I ever visit your country, I'll let you know. Maybe we can, you know, have a coffee together if you'll be around. Yes, please. Can we? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful, Edita. I'll try to find the dress by then so then I can wear it. (laughs) Your vision dress. (laughs) Yes, please do. (laughs) Okay. All my best. Thank you so much. The same to you. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.